0: Have you ever been excited about a big idea or felt motivated to act on a cause that really lights a fire beneath you, but then the fear of judgment, not knowing the next steps, and just overall self-doubt get in your way? Then you are in the right place. Hello friends, and welcome to Driving Well Indigenous. I'm your host, Jill Featherstone. In this podcast, we will hear from movers and shakers and change makers who are out there doing the work and have come to share their stories to help make our journeys just a little bit more easier. So buckle up and let's get started. Welcome to Driving While Indigenous podcast. So today we have Amy Jackson, and I'm really excited. Amy is the founder of Love Notes. So Love Notes is a small business that focuses on Indigenous humor, uplifting messages, and colorful designs. And they are located on Treaty One territory, aka Winnipeg First Nation. (laughs) So I really, really love that. It's like the second you log on to your website, it's just the humor just starts. It's in your face. It's real. It's so exciting. I just love it. So, Amy, can you just tell us a little bit about your exciting business, Native Love Notes? Sure.
1: Native Love Notes uh, began in my kitchen <laughs> mm-hmm. um, at my desk. You know, I was sitting at my laptop every day because I was in my, um, uh, at the U of M doing a master's degree online. And... You know, the world was kind of shut down at the time. We were in one of Manitoba's longest lockdowns from the one that went from October to May. Oh my goodness, that one was Uh brutal. And, you know, within that lockdown, I found a lot of inspiration to really try to offset all of the anger and the outrage and the sadness in the world by creating something that was fun and funny and putting my sense of humor that I grew up with and Uh, to good use. And so I started creating these fun designs that I began sharing on my personal social media. And then people said, oh, you should totally make an Instagram account for these, Uh, which I did. And then again, by the advice of the folks that uh, were supporting me, they told me to start putting these designs on products. So I did that as well. And things just um, took off from there. And, you know, within our first week on Native Love Notes on Instagram, we had 1500 followers, which was crazy, like, we never would have anticipated that. And then, uh, and then as soon as we, you know, or as soon as I took a chance and created some stickers, uh, those sold out on on the first, you know, with every batch that came in. And then we officially launched a a website and started taking the business a little seriously instead of just hustling on Instagram. And uh, within our first day after launching on April 29th, 2021, we had 200 sales. And I thought, okay, I have something cool on my hands here and people really support it. So, um, and things have just taken off exponentially since then.
0: Wow. So your business is just over a year old. Yes,
1: we are. That's exciting. I believe 16 months. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I would like to just say that I was one of the first followers. <laughs> um, you came across my radar when you only had around a thousand followers. So I clicked like, cause right away when I saw you on Instagram and I saw some of your little, you know, the little memes, they were kind of like memes, right? That you were yeah. posting. Yeah. I understood the humor because I grew up in the paw. Mm-hmm. So I grew up, you know, where, where you're from. And it felt like home, yeah. you know, the kind of humor that you were using. And I was like, oh, this feels like home. And then I hit follow. And now when I look on your Instagram, you have over 29,000 followers on Instagram. Yeah. Isn't that exciting? Does he just like, you know, when you were watching it grow in the beginning, was it exciting? Yeah, it, <laughs>
1: it's still exciting.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, um. I really like the way that not only did you, you know, you posted your memes, you post all the funny stuff, but you're also incorporating more of your life and the things that you're doing, the things that you're like, the social events that you're attending, funny things that you and your friends get into, and TikToks. Yeah. So I'm like, all of that is just, you know, I'm really fascinated by all of that. So tell me, are you still doing a master's degree?
1: <laughs> no, I, uh, I've i dropped out for, um, you know, to pursue the business full time because I just felt like it's not every day a successful business falls into your lab. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> university will always be there. I'll definitely be going back next year. I plan to do an MBA instead of uh, an MA. So
0: what was your master's degree in? So I was studying
1: history through indigenous methodology in the Native Studies Department at U of M.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And you know what, you're right that that will always be there. You know, I was also pursuing a PhD, and now, uh, like I've stopped, my my direction has switched completely. I'm no longer in pursuit of a PhD, but for me, it was because I was pursuing it for the wrong reasons. Mm. I was pursuing the PhD because I thought that I had to have degrees and I had to have letters behind my name in order for my voice to be, important Mm -hmm. or to be heard so now that i no longer feel that way i'm like no it's okay you know if i ever want to do that sometime later on down the road then i will but right now i'm just enjoying where i'm at and i'm also enjoying the entrepreneurial journey Mm -hmm. you know that i'm that i'm on as well so do you have experience as an entrepreneur or are you are just kind of like learn as i go and you know, hang on.
1: <laughs> I would say yes and no.
0: So I remember like, you
1: know, I told, I, I shared this in a previous interview, but um, like when I was a little girl, my sister and I, we would try to, you know, we would sell things all the time. We would have little yard sales. We would have little bake sales and whatever to scrape up some cash so we could do, like go to the fair or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. So my sister and I, we were pretty ambitious kids. And I think that you know, one time we even tried to sell our own house and it was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> and my parents were like, what
0: are you doing? <laughs> Do you had the idea for Airbnb before Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: um, you know, we so yes, I from when I was a child, you know, was very ambitious and wanted to, you know, love to play store and whatnot, selling kids, you know, everything that's in our fridge.
0: Anyway, but um, I, you know, I, you you know, I had those same experiences when I was a kid, you know, from lemonade stands, I found a bunch of cards in a dumpster one time clean them off and then try to sell them door to door
1: (laughs) it's like it's like and you know unfortunately it kind of faded as I got older and uh but I came back around to it and I realized that like oh wow I forgot that I had this gift and that I really enjoyed doing this even more than I enjoyed academia
0: (laughs) right yeah because when you really enjoy something it doesn't feel like work even Mm -hmm. though it's probably like more work than your master's degree was
1: yeah oh yeah
0: yeah Yeah. so where did the idea come from for native love Note? I was just like thinking about how the
1: the the things that I create come from a place of love and Mm -hmm. you know love for my community and love for like res kids and and love for our extended family across you know North America across Turtle Island and I think that because you know what I create comes from a place of love but it just like made me feel it felt like it was like a love note to like our cousins our friends our relatives and so um yeah so I just thought yeah like these are like my love notes like I it's my way of sharing love with people by making people laugh and like (laughs) you know bringing people together through humor and so I just it just came out naturally when I said like they're like love notes and I was like oh native love notes oh that's like that's like really catchy (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) and
1: it just uh the name just came out organically I guess and yeah
0: yeah and I guess it's really showing people like this isn't meant to harm you this isn't meant to put you down you know this uh, this comes from a place of love
1: Mm -hmm. comes from
0: a place of support and encouragement so have you have you faced any of the lateral violence You know, because of anything that you've put out, or do you ever have fears that you're going to put something out that offends somebody? So, I
1: don't think I've really experienced a lot of backlash. um, Right. Because I'm just, I'm very careful about things like Mm -hmm. uh, and what I create because I would never want to create something that touches on a topic that's super sensitive and not something that should be, you know, really. Joked about it's it's so I'm really careful about you know what I joke around about a lot of the times it's about love you know and it's funny because like relationships you know like <laughs> so that kind of stuff is just it's funny right but I would never make a joke about alcoholism I would never make a joke mm-hmm. about you know the serious the unfortunate you know, sometimes unfortunate issues in our, you know, in our communities. And and I would never want to make that into something that's lighthearted, because, you know, these are real people have real life consequences to that they have to live through because of the circumstances in our communities. And so I don't want to ever make anyone feel uncomfortable or feel right. like what they're going through is a joke to anyone. And so, you know, like there are things that I refuse to, you know, make a meme about mm-hmm. um, and, uh, out of respect to my relatives, my cousins. I call everyone my cousin A. Yeah. But because <laughs> <laughs> it's just some things, it's just not worth laughing at. How I see it is just like if everyone can't laugh together about this, it's not worth making a joke about.
0: Mm. So, yeah what are your most popular slogans and your your biggest sellers and what are the people responding to the most right now
1: um so one of the cool things about native slang what i realized is that uh we all share certain phrases i mean like like for real, like I'm talking like friend, like cousins out in New Zealand and Australia oh. use this slang. Oh my, wow. I'm talking like Polynesian Island folks use this slang. Like our Samoan cousins out there, you know, like uh, we have like cousins down in Mexico and South America that use slang, like uh, North America, uh, right across like the North Alaska, the Yukon, the Northwest Territories. We all use three slang <laughs> I and the three is deadly uh-huh. uh, not even and ever sick <laughs> oh
0: my goodness really
1: yeah wow. <laughs> and so um those three products anything with the those three you know slang words go all over the world oh
0: wow no yeah. oh that's so funny and because you know of course like it just it it hits home right away and wow. I can't believe that like all over. So your products have reached all over the world? Yes. Wow. Yeah. That must just blow your mind. It does. <laughs> it's um, Yeah, it's very like... Uh... Surreal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so do you take time to celebrate for yourself, to celebrate your milestones and to celebrate some big things that happen? Um... Or are you just so busy? <laughs> Like, I want to say
1: yes, but I don't recall the last time I have.
0: Um.
1: Um, and I just, I don't know. I guess not. No. And I think that has a lot to do with, you know, like, <laughs> my family was never really the celebration type about things. We were always just kind of like, oh, you got into
0: college. That's cool. Like <laughs> 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 you know it was well, never- one of these days you'll have to have this little party just to celebrate <laughs> just to celebrate yourself and well, celebrate your success
1: i know that like in april when we hit our one-year anniversary for native love notes anyway we held a social We here in Winnipeg and uh, we held it at a local club called Club 200, you know, super inclusive space. And um, they're super, you know, supportive of like BIPOC folks and Indigenous, of course, and and, uh, of course, uh, and LGBTQ and Two-Spirit folks as well. And so I thought, okay, this is like a great location. Let's have like a social. And they, you know, they catered and provided entertainment. And it was such a lovely time. Like we had so much fun that night but basically we had, we celebrated our one year anniversary, you know, and we sold out like,
0: Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad maxed, that you did that.
1: We maxed capacity at that bar. It was like,
0: it was, I've been there. Fun. I've been to Cup 200 with a couple of my friends before it's like, it, <laughs> and we, you know what, we played games and everything. And I was like, you don't do this at a regular bar.
1: <laughs> no, it's such a great spot. And, and, uh, yeah. It was incredible. It was an amazing night. And through that night, we were able to raise $500 for uh, the Sunshine House, who who provides incredible services here in the city. And yeah, overall, it was just a really beautiful celebration.
0: Oh, that's good. So when you're going, you know, now that you're an entrepreneur, you have a successful business. You also have a, a physical location, right?
1: Yeah. So right now we're taking a quick break, but we'll be back. Uh, we did have a storefront from April until the beginning of September here. So as of a week ago, we kind of pulled everything off the shelves only because we have something else in store. So we're, we're just preparing for our next steps. And uh, so we do still have a physical location where people can pick up their orders and come and visit with us, of course. But right now we just um, are just taking a short interim and uh, we'll be back, back on the shelves very soon.
0: Oh, that's cool. Okay, so for people that are listening that, you know, they have these ideas, they, you know, they want to break out into this space, they want to become an entrepreneur. What do you do for yourself when, you know, you're on this journey, you've only been doing this for just over a year, and you run into to things that, you know, you need help with, or you don't know your next steps. What do you do for yourself? How do you push yourself to that next level?
1: So I have a close group of friends who are also, you know, folks who, you know, have involvement in entrepreneurship, in finance, in business, in um, social enterprise. And, uh, you know, we meet up uh, about once a week or, you know, for uh, a visit and we talk about, you know, what we're going through, what we're experiencing and, and what we are like, even just what's going on in our personal lives, we like to visit. And, and I think that having such a close-knit group of wonderful people like that, and a support system like that um, has really helped me. Even when there were no clear answers for things, it still helped me get through to find the motivation to like push through and realize like, okay, you know what, this isn't going to be forever. This is just for like this month or whatever. Or this, like, sometimes it feels like you're pushing a rock up a hill and you're like, oh my gosh, is this going to be forever? And then I think having that close-knit group of friends who have been there, who have been in your position, really helps a lot. And they're able to, you know, encourage you and, like, remind you that these situations don't always last forever and um, that, you know, when you come out on the other side, it's going to be a great lesson to have learned and you'll be able to help others
0: in the future as well. Right. So were these friends with you, you know, before you started or are these friends that you made along the way?
1: Along the way. So these wonderful people just kind of found me and, you know, we're like, "Hey, we kind of created a group together and it's been really lovely." So, you know, when I encourage entrepreneurs, I always tell them like, "Your people will find you." And like, that sounds so cliché and it sounds like, "Oh, like like it's hard to trust that that's going to be true, but it really happens that way and yeah i have see, like seen this happen in a lot of lives of entrepreneurs you know where their people just find you and yeah and you were able to like you know create a lot of synergy to uh, move forward through things
0: um oh, love that word yeah synergy, you know and it's not often that you find that with people but when mm-hmm. you do it's like magic right yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like all of these ideas begin exploding and you just feel motivated, inspired, like you can do anything and you can tackle anything. Mm -hmm. You know, I can really relate to what you're saying when you said, you know, your people will find you. For me personally, I felt like, you know, I went looking for my people because for the longest time, I just felt alone. Mm -hmm. I felt so alone and all of the things that I was doing. And I was making the mistake of trying to bring the people around me into my journey of entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it was my immediate family members, my cousins, my friends, I'd be like, you know, let's go and do this and let's go and try this and why don't you come and I'll train you and we'll do this. And, and can I hire you to do this? And I was constantly, it was constant, you know, trying to bring people along for the ride. And nobody's ever as as excited as you are. And then, you know, for the longest time I felt alone. So I started looking for people. And that's when I found Instagram. And when I found Instagram, I started hiring coaches. Once I started hiring coaches, I began to see that there was a lot more people out there that, you know, thought like me. And I began to follow people that I really felt connected to. And I began reaching out to them and, you know, sliding into their DMS and like, Hey, and, and people were doing the same with me. I would have, you know, other women sliding into my DMS and Hey girl, what's up. And I really like your, you know, your stuff. And I've made friendships like, you know, really, really strong, real, real friendships, you know, with people that I've met on the online space and have gotten to know personally. Mm-hmm. but it's like you really need to find your tribe right you really need to to have those people in your life that think the way that you think and get excited about the things that happen mm-hmm. during entrepreneurship and that can celebrate you when you have these little successes Yeah, because your you know your family and your friends from back home they might not understand you know the way that your other friends do or they might not be as excited you know for for these little milestones and stuff
1: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah
1: I agree I think that if you you know for folks who are entering into entrepreneurship and I'm gonna say this in a loving way but expect to be disappointed by your loved ones because they're not gonna get it but the thing is is that people the people that come alongside of you will and they'll definitely be there to celebrate you and and your accomplishments, and because they have been there themselves. And so, you know, sometimes you can feel a little disappointed in, in your good friends and your families because you feel like they don't recognize and see you and what you're accomplishing. But it's hard to, you know, it's hard for them to understand because they've never done it. They haven't
0: done it. And please don't apologize for that. I actually want you to shout that out. <laughs> Because I wish that somebody would have said that to me Mm -hmm. in the beginning, you know, because I didn't even know what entrepreneur was. I didn't know anything about anything that I was doing. All I knew is that I just had this desire, this just really strong desire to create and to be my own boss and to provide a service to my people. And nobody understood me. And my family didn't understand. They weren't as, they were never as excited. And I always wanted to talk about it all the time. And, you know, nobody wanted to hear what I, what I had to say mm-hmm. and it was disappointing. And I kind of, I have allowed it to be translated to me as, well, nobody cares, mm-hmm. but that's not true. It's, you know, they do care about you, but they just don't understand, yeah, you know?
1: Understand.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really glad that you said that because it took a long time for me, mm-hmm. you know, to get, to get that memo. Yeah. so what other things would you what other kinds of pieces of advice would you give to aspiring entrepreneurs you know things that you ran into some some maybe some problems or some um, challenges that you ran into that you wish that somebody would have you know told you ahead of time yeah I think
1: that as entrepreneurs we often so I'll I'll give an example (laughs) A few years ago, I was in Iceland with a band. I was a musician before I went to school. While we were um, camping around Iceland, I was in this place called Stjævysfjord, and it's just this, this big fjord with mountains surrounding, like a little lake surrounding mountains, and it's beautiful. And so we're camping there, and right next to our camp spot was a couple, and this couple was... There were professional mountaineers. The woman's name was Freya. She was very cool. We ended up becoming very good friends. And she asked me to go on a, a small hike with her. And I said, sure. <laughs> um, and me being completely inexperienced on any kind of mountain climbing, because <laughs> I'm from Manitoba, I went with her. And I, I trekked up this mountain with her. And after about four hours, we finally found ourselves at the top. And found a giant boulder to sit on and catch my breath and I thought oh my goodness and she's like let's go higher and I was like oh I'm scared <laughs> and um at one point you know because like the the rock was a little slippery like not slippery but like it was loose it was loose gravel so I thought oh, oh, wow. one, one wrong move and I'm gonna be go- like you know falling down this mountain <laughs> and so um we go a little higher and then when I was about halfway to where she was I froze and I couldn't move I because I I looked down I looked behind me and I shouldn't have and she yells down are you okay and I said (laughs) no and she's like are you scared and I said yes (laughs) like or are you excited and I said What do you mean? (laughs) She goes. goes, Sometimes these two emotions can get confused, and you can choose to believe either one of them. Which one are you going to believe in this moment? That you're afraid to fall, or that you're excited to go forward? And I said, Oh. I'm excited. She's like, just keep saying that to yourself as you climb up. And I said, okay. so I was climbing up and I said, I'm excited. I'm excited. I was going to die. I'm excited. (laughs) But I made it and I made it safely and I made it back down the mountain safely, but I'll never, ever forget that lesson. And so now when I talk to other entrepreneurs and, and tell them, like, they tell me that they're afraid. They're afraid of the risk. They're afraid of failure. They're afraid of this and that, whatever. They're afraid their community won't support them. And it's just like, are you afraid or are you excited? Because you can also be excited about what could be, or you could be afraid of what could be. It's, it's up to you and it's up to you and how you want to perceive your situation. And so, so yeah, I always ask people, are you scared or excited? Because sometimes these are big risks, but you can be scared if you want to, or you can choose to be excited about it. It's, uh, it's up to you
0: oh that's such a great lesson to learn so how have you used that for yourself like since then have you come into you know oh that's so awesome and I can't believe that you were in Iceland as a musician wow
1: yeah Yeah, I uh, played music a lot of years in my 20s and uh, before I started university (laughs) Mm. so do you still have dreams for your music i still play music all the time i'm starting a band right now in winnipeg and um yeah i'm hoping to write some songs and continue playing and but i still play fiddle and teach fiddle a lot and oh I love
0: wow. it. <laughs> oh that's so cool my sister plays fiddle well at least she used to she mm-hmm. hasn't for a long time but i love that you do all of those things Thanks. that's so cool so would you say that you're an organized person no, or no, are no. you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Me too. Yeah. Like, sometimes I wonder, like, how do I even manage to get things done? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just, I'm organized yet I'm unorganized. It's mm-hmm. like chaos. It's organized chaos. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. that's what it is for yeah. me in my head.
1: I think that's Um, the life of an entrepreneur.
0: Right? Uh, But that's why I hired uh, an assistant. Yeah, you know what I had? I had an assistant before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, everything kind of just really slowed down for me uh, business-wise during the pandemic. So I didn't need an assistant anymore. But now I definitely think. You know, I need an assistant. I hired a maid and I'm not even going to be, I'm not even going to let anybody shame me for yeah, that. Yeah, because yeah, I have five children that are still in the house. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I have somebody coming in once a week to help in that area, I'm just like, oh, thank you. Can you live yeah. here? <laughs> Can you move
1: in? I like, I mean, I always tell myself and others like, um, staff your weaknesses, always do that. It's worth it. It's worth it every time.
0: You know yeah. what? And I'm, I'm constantly having to defend my choices in these areas with mm-hmm. um, like family members. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's trying to shame me. You know, why do you have somebody cleaning Cleaning your house? Clean your own damn house. Like I do, but I, I don't have time to be scrubbing toilets every day when I'm trying to create a business mm-hmm. or I'm looking to hire um, a driver for my kids to you know just to take my kids to school because my husband works um he works in a different community so -hmm. it's just me at home with five kids Mm -hmm. and you know in order for me to to get my work done I can't be driving back and forth you know at morning noon after school and it takes so much time out of my day so Mm -hmm. I'm like I would like to hire you know a driver and then and then I have the people shaming me again Mm -hmm. you know mostly family members like you know, why do you need that? Why do you want to spend your money Mm -hmm. there? And then I'm like, but it's my money and it's going to, it's going to buy me time. That's what I'm buying myself is I'm buying myself uninterrupted time where I can sit with my thoughts and my ideas and organize some of this chaos and stuff. Yeah. Definitely. so do you ever have um instances where you've had to you felt like you've had to explain some of your choices you know with your own family members or friends
1: yeah like um some people you know they're like do you really like you know do you really go out for that many dinners a week and it's just like yeah it's called marketing like (laughs) like, networking you know like yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm single. I don't have any responsibilities. Uh, absolutely. I'm going to go out as many times as I want because it makes the shop money in the end. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Like, and it feeds
0: and- your creative processes, right? And yeah. It feeds your spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I totally, I totally get you. One of the other things that I wanted to ask is what are your hopes for, for the future of mm-hmm. your, of your business?
1: Um, I think what what really sets us apart is like, like, I mean, okay, so expansion, it's just like, everyone does it, it's great, it's wonderful. But the motivation behind why I want to expand is might be a little different than what everyone else wants, you know, and, or what other folks might prioritize. And for me, the priority is to create beautiful, steady jobs that people love. And, that people, you know, get to live their best lives while working with Native Love ones. And I would love to be able to provide, you know, great paying salaries for, for Indigenous women so that they can work, that um, they can pay off their loans, they can go on vacation, they can treat themselves. That's what I want. Like, great, like oh, sales, people are like, oh, I'm, I'm focused on the sales and this and that. And it's like, that's wonderful but I'm focused on the results of being able to provide for my community in in a tangible way by creating great wages and great um, salaries for folks. And so for me, like that's, you know, how I gauge success is like how many people Native Love Notes is providing for. and How um, many smiles. (laughs) How many smiles. Yeah. (laughs) And so like, yeah, expansion is great, but I want to provide a lot of jobs like that, you know, and right now it's like three or four, but I would love to grow to like 25, 26 in the next couple of years, you know, and, and, and have like really great salaries without, you know, the, the demands of like, you. you know, I want people to know that I respect their labor, I respect their time and energy. And I wanted to reflect in the way that they are treated and what they're what's expected of them in the workplace and and how many like, you know, hours they're required to give. Like, my goal is to be able to have folks work for me for 25 hours a week at a 60k salary starting, like starting salary. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I want, you know. And so the more people I can provide that for, the better. And and that's what I hope to do.
0: And that's so exciting. Like, just to hear you say that it's like, it reminds me of the founder of Spanx. Oh, what is her name? Do you remember who that is? The founder of Spanx? Yes, I should know this. You know me too, because I've listened to her podcast about, you know, Sarah Blakely, Sarah Blakely. She has that same, um, and she's like a, you know, her a billion dollar success story, but you know, she had that same vision that, you know, she wanted, you know, a workplace where people felt valued and they wanted to come to work and they were productive. And, mm-hmm. you know, she offers all kinds of you know vacations. She gave like free vacations to every one of her employees and
1: mm-hmm. all kinds of
0: cool stuff like that. If I could give any advice to you in that area is just hang on to that vision. And sometimes people are going to come in and they're going to tell you, well, you should be focused on this and you should be focused on numbers. Mm -hmm. But I really believe that we get the best results when we're, when we're true to our vision. You know, I had that same experience with, I've had to hire different coaches and different business consultants throughout my entrepreneurship journey. And a lot of the times, you know, they would give me flack for overpaying the people that I hired. And for me, it was, I really, really wanted, you know, I, I want people's work to be valued and, you know, I want them to be excited and I want to, you know, bless people with, you know, with money. If, you know, if that's what they, if that's what they need, because, you know, money makes we we all need money right now you know, people would tell me to cut corners here. And why are you paying so much? And even family members, like, why are you paying people so much? You don't need to pay people so much. But I'm like, but I would love for somebody to pay me that much, you know, yeah. to to do this work. Yeah. So I'm like, I really try and, um, you know, and even the things that I give out, like, if you come to one of my workshops, when I have workshops, I go all out for my workshops, you get amazing swag bags, you get all kinds of door prizes, you get treated like royalty, when you come to one of my workshops. And I was always like, I'm always getting flack for that, like, you know, cut this and cut that. And I'm like, but then it wouldn't be my workshop, it wouldn't be me. It's not true to who I am. Mm -hmm. You know, I love giving even if I end up with nothing in the end, you know, it just, it just feels so good to give and it feels so good to see people happy, you know? Mm -hmm.
1: So, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So do you have employees right now?
1: Yeah.
0: Wow. That's exciting. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So when you started getting employees and stuff, who taught you how to design a website or um, have employees and pay them? Like, how did you learn how to do all that?
1: Google. <laughs> 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 um, I had to, I put my good research skills to good use and read. I read everything I could, watched YouTube videos, Googled everything, you know, and did, I just did the research. Um, wow.
0: Yeah, that's just like real DIY entrepreneurship right there. Hey, just self-taught, figure it out as you go. Yeah,
1: and then as for the website design, I've I've been I've always been an artist, so it was like it came very easy for me. I used to design like MySpace pages for people when I was a teenager. <laughs> oh. I used to like do all this HTML coding and stuff for people on on in the MySpace days, and so. It just came very natural to me to design my <laughs> <on the>
0: website. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Did you do design everything yourself? Yeah. Your- everything like on the website everything
1: um that we create. Yeah. Yeah, I designed it all myself.
0: And I see that you have earrings and things like that now cuz before it was mainly stickers, right? In the beginning it was a lot of stickers. Yep. Yeah. And then now you're expanding, you have t-shirts, you have earrings, you have journals. What other kinds of things do you have?
1: Um, home goods. So some of our, our good like our best sellers are mugs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> candles, we, the candle line was one of my favorite things that I've ever released um, because they all, I designed the scents, I designed the product descriptions, I designed the labels, I designed like when, what time of year that the candles were going to be released that was my favorite collection I'd ever done because I felt like it was funny. And it was like the, t- like the timing of like each candle to come out. Like in, the, in October, 2020 uh, when we released this candle called Snaggin' Season in October. <laughs> <laughs> and like, um, you know, this other one at Christmas time called Solstice and it smelled like cranberries and pine and sage. And it was just a beautiful, beautiful scent. And then um, this other one called Cookum's House in January that smelled like oh. casserole and pine and sage and, and spices, baking spices, you know? And so, yeah, I just like, I love the candles that we did. And so, you know, when I create something, you know, it might be funny, but a lot of the time there is a deeper connection, a deeper meaning that I don't really share with the world. But for me, it's just like my little artistic, you know, touch on on right. which I create.
0: Right, of course. Yeah, I totally, I totally get that. Just like when I was writing my book, The Tale of Tiger Lily, there's so much symbolism that I know that a lot of people haven't picked up on. But for me, like I know, you know, why I wrote certain things or I know why there, there's certain connections that are um, indicative of what's going on today in today's society. And I kind of like interweaved those together. And mm-hmm. I'm hoping to actually do a, a teacher's guide just so that I can start pointing some of those things out to, uh, to people one of these days. But where can we find you on Instagram for the people that are listening? Where how, Where can they follow you?
1: Cool. Um, well, one of the one of the benefits of having an original name uh, is that it's very easy to find us everywhere. <laughs> so, uh, nativelovenotes.com, of course, also on Facebook at Native Love Notes, Instagram at nativelovenotes, Twitter at Native Love Notes, uh, and TikTok at Native Love Notes.
0: So, where do you post the most?
1: Definitely Instagram.
0: Oh, That's Instagram where is your the biggest
1: community. Is yeah.
0: oh, awesome. What can we look forward to in the future? Like, what are some things that are coming out that you're excited about?
1: Well, I'm looking forward to expanding to the plot. And uh, we are also going into business with um, another entrepreneur here locally um, coming fall, like late fall. And we're really excited about that. We're also looking uh, forward to, you know, expansion into a lot of other major cities across Canada that have a high Indigenous population. So we're looking at Saskatoon, of course.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, That's exciting. Well, mm -hmm. I just want to thank you so much for coming and joining us today and sharing all of your stories and all of your little tidbits and your inspiration. And I'm really, really excited for, for your business it's a small business. And I just know that it's going to grow into this huge, big business one of these days. And, you know, you'll be able to support your Indigenous community in the ways that you talked about. And I really want to send you my best wishes and good thoughts for your music. Just I didn't know that you're uh, a musician. So I'm that that really excites me. I just love it when when people can express their creativity in, in those ways as well. Mm -hmm. So I really, really want to thank you for coming and sharing and we will follow you on Instagram and TikTok and, and support you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening and I hope you were able to find a takeaway from this episode. Don't forget to share with a friend who may need some motivation today or share on your social media and inspire all your friends. And if you'd like some live inspiration, join us on December 2nd in Winnipeg at our live event. Just visit www.jillfeatherstone.com for details. Bye for now.